0: whenever you're ready you can get us started so um all right we've been doing some research in the back end a little bit of uh just looking at at statistics of of people who your system your your robot will be helping so uh how's your week been
1: uh busy challenging but uh Grateful for all the opportunities, man.
0: All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We'll be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, what's up and welcome to Vision Pros Live. I'm your host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. I am so excited about the guests that we have today. Uh, you guys know we're constantly bringing visionaries on, and this is one of the visionary of all visionaries that we've had so far. We're talking about a founder of a robotics company, somebody who's building something that's going to help billions of people, um, literally, if he can get all the funding that he needs and get this, this machine out there. You guys, we have an amazing opportunity to make an amazing impact on this world for good. Um, we'll talk about some of the stats regarding that. So uh, my guest today, his name is Harut Markarian. He is a roboticist. He builds uh, robots that through artificial intelligence and other technologies that are way over my pay grade and above my head, um, are able to ultimately help those with disabilities, um, have an improved, um, uh, way of life. Um, We're going to look at the robot. We're going to get to see uh, a video about how it's going to work as well. Now, the name of the game with projects like this is, of course, funding and making sure that you get the funding you need. So we're going to dive into that and learn a lot about the process of what he's gone through to get the business to where it's at today, um, as well as what's on the horizon. We'll learn about his business partners as well. People like Jeff Hoffman, who's super well-known in entrepreneurial space. That's one of his co-founders. We may even talk a little about Thomas Roberto, who's COO and CFO of the venture. Um, before we go into that real quick, though, um, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Epiphany and Able Health. They're both up in this corner. I'm getting this uh, backwards pointing thing down, guys. Um, and then the Water Project um, as well. The Water Project, we we would love to see you support. There are so many opportunities to give back and help in this world. Um, but without further ado, let's go in and talk about Mark Botic's. And, uh, and bring Harut on stage. So Harut, thank you so much for being here today, man. We're we're so excited to talk about your story. Thank you for having me, Jackson. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man, absolutely. So um, let's talk real quick about, about these questions. Harut, who should be listening today? Why should they be listening to you about the subject matter? And why what are they going to get out of today's show?
1: The people who should be listening today is... Everyone who is caring for someone they love, Uh, so caregivers, people with mobility challenges, whether they're elderly or people with disabilities, and most importantly, uh, investors, so they can advance our our cause and our mission. I love it. Okay. And I normally put a
0: 15 second cap on this. I'm not going to for you. What's (laughs) your vision, your personal
1: vision? My vision is to live in a world where accessibility is no longer a hindrance to people with limited mobility.
0: Mm, You even nailed the 15 second one. Impressive. (laughs) I like it. Okay. So hindrance to people's accessibility. We're talking about um, in layman's terms for me, the the ability to accomplish things physically um, and, and probably mentally as well. Um, but I think today we're going to focus a lot on the physical side. I could be wrong. What's your vision for those that you serve, the people who, who maybe have uh, physical limitations? And if I'm wrong on that, too, feel free to guide me. What, what are some other, how would you define the people who are going to benefit the most from the technology you're creating?
1: So uh, it's, it's, a two, it's twofold. Uh, people who have limited mobility and people who are caring for them. So caregivers, assisted living facilities, and the individuals impacted by limited mobility.
0: Definitely. And so what's your vision for them?
1: The vision for them to get some of that independence that they lost, whether it's due to old age, uh, whether it's through health complications, uh, allow them to live more independently so they can keep their dignity because that's the most important thing for each and every one of us. We don't ever wanna see our loved ones lose their dignity, let alone you yourself lose your dignity because you you are in need of uh, this caregiver or that caregiver to do certain things for you. Uh, and then allow caregivers to have a better quality of life. Uh, allow them to, especially the unpaid caregivers who are the family members, right? So. If we allow, uh, allow them to have a better quality of life with this technology, that is a huge vision that is coming true for me.
0: Absolutely. Jaime, do you mind pulling up grace? Um, pull up, if you can pull up the website, MarkBotics.com. uh, showcase that while we're talking, um, this, this, uh, this robot, this invention and technology is, uh, one of the ways that, that Harut's talking about, and it's, it's the primary way I believe. Mark Bodex is going about solving this problem. Is that correct? Or are there other things behind the scenes I'm unaware of?
1: Uh, So we're focusing on various things, but we want to go to market with something very simple that impacts a lot of people's lives, which is the risk of falls. If we reduce the risk of falls, which is the cause of 50 billion dollars spent yearly on medical costs related to fall injuries right if we reduce the risk of falls especially for the most vulnerable most fragile people in our lives we'll be doing a lot of people even the insurance companies big favors so initially we don't want these people to bend over risk of fall or to uh, walk in a in a cluttered space so that's why the robot is there to declutter wheelchair paths, de- declutter walkways, um, retrieve items, and allow them to live safer.
0: Yes, awesome. And and so on my personal side, um, I watched my my mother take care of her father um, a little less than ten years ago, um, and you know we were we were worried about not only grandpa falling, but mom uh, falling in the process and, and having to help lift him. Um, you know, sometimes she had a home nurse helping in the process as well. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of dynamics that had to change. They had to turn their stairs into a ramp, um, yeah. you know, to enter the house and on the front end. And of course, in the back too, they had to put a, a ramp in the garage as well. Um, you know, and in fact, they had to have a total one, two, three, four ramps with their, um their setup. Um and it wasn't uncommon for uh grandpa to roll out of the bed um as well. Like there there's all sorts of challenges that you know if you're in, in a healthy condition you may take for granted. Um but there's all sorts of people who have to deal with this on a daily and even an hourly basis.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely I can't agree with you more. And I like this it's, it's
0: showing something this video you know showing somebody dropping their fork yeah. Grace comes over, picks it up, uh, goes and gets a new one for them and uh, and delivers it in a way that that the, uh, the person may not be able to do by themselves or it may take 15 to 30 minutes yeah. Um, yeah. to be able to do that. That affects, you know, how cold your food gets, which can affect the mood. There, there's you know, there's so many dynamics at play that mm-hmm. um, that could be so debilitating. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the other projects you guys are working on?
1: Um, right now, we're kind of focusing on this one uh, because, as a startup, as you may know, it's uh, it's it's difficult to focus to focus on different projects. Although we have we have identified two other projects that we want to work on, but uh, because we're raising funds right now uh, to advance this this project, and we spent quite a bit of time, and we had overwhelming amount of positive feedback, and people kind of hoping and and praying that we that we succeed in our endeavor here uh we are really focused on this one right now
0: absolutely okay so we talked about assisted living facilities um you know where um this where grace uh for instance could be in the assisted assisted living facility um what is y'all you'll have the pricing mapped out for what grace is going to cost is that something that's still under development
1: um, we have a uh, projected price, uh, some uh, some estimates. So we're trying to keep the monthly cost of this uh, below $2,000. So that's right. where we're offering a robot, a robot as a service business model. So that way uh, you don't have to own Grace and be bothered by its maintenance and all of that stuff. We will take care of it, all of that. Uh, you just have to have a working model in your facility and just make sure that it's working to the benefit of, of, of the assisted living facility and to the benefit of the caregivers and your the, and the residents. Absolutely.
0: Right now, do you know what the average assisted living um, personnel costs in the market if I wanted to hire somebody to take care of my grandpa, for instance?
1: Uh, more or less, what would I pay to have somebody full-time? In your home? Yeah. Well, I heard people spending $15,000 a month anywhere 10 to $15,000 a month. And I don't know how many people can afford to have 24 seven care. No. Uh, and it's getting more expensive because caregivers are not easy to find. We we have a shortage. Um, so I heard someone spent $15,000. This was like 10 years ago for 24. Well, it makes
0: sense because that person can't take they can't take another job. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to need benefits um, of some type. And if, if they're not coming to you within the, um, you know, within a program, um, which a program is going to want to outsource that person to more than one entity, mm-hmm. but they're also not a robot. They're For a sure. human being. They have to sleep. Um, you know, they have to travel um, yeah. between different clients as well. So I would think the max that even a part time assisted caregiver would be able to um, help client wise would probably, be, if you were to do it every day of the week, um, would probably be two to three or your dividing days of the week.
1: Go ahead. So so here's from my own experience in my own family. Um, the people these days are qualifying themselves as caregivers, right? And they're asking yes. for money. So even those who are the unqualified caregivers, they're just, you know, help, you know, but, but people are hiring them because, they can't afford the 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 qualified ones and that was our situation we are paying at least two thousand dollars a week to hire this unqualified person right Right. and there's nothing i mean when i say unqualified i don't mean that in a bad way you just have to go through certain uh, minimum requirements for for you to be called a qualified caregiver because caregiving as you may know Requires a lot of patience, a lot of dedication, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, strength, mentally, physically, right? Uh, it's it's not an easy job at all. No, I, I guess, guess, again, from my own experience, my aunt today, my mom, they're probably going to die. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing, but it's sad. They're probably going to die before my grandmother. You know, it's... Uh, mm. And and when I saw all these stuff, I, I couldn't but try to do something and hopefully uh, as, as, as quick as possible. Right. So, so I can help them. Um, and another thing you mentioned earlier about the caregivers being human, a lot of people we talk to, especially in assisted living facilities, they're afraid that robots are going to replace them, which couldn't be further from the truth. Right. My vision with this product is to put robots in facilities so they are taking over the mundane tasks that the caregivers perform today and allow more time for the caregiver to go in those residents' room with a smile, render that personalized service and have that human-to-human interaction, augment that human interaction. That's my goal. If I can do that, I'm the most... In my eyes, I'm the most successful person.
0: Yes, I love it. Okay. And, and I, I did kind of allude to that route of, of the robot, uh, taking place, but it's only, uh, it was more focused on the idea that these hard tasks, these things that aren't of our human nature being available 24 seven, right? That's not possible. But like you said, um, the goal is to improve the process because it's also easy as a human to get disgruntled in the situation. And then you make the person you're caring for feel bad or the person who's who you're caring for makes you feel bad um, because they're making fun of your strength, um, you know, or they're making fun or, uh, you know, it it could be a matter of um, there's there's racism that exists and prejudice that exists, too, that you have to deal with. You can't eliminate all of the, the negativity or all of the problems associated with this process. But by supplementing the interaction. So the interaction is less stressful there's less anxiety. There's less conflict mm-hmm. that would naturally improve any relationship of any kind. Um, absolutely. I love it. It's it's so, so let's look at some of these stats. Um, I'm going to pull up my screen real quick. And, uh, for those of you who, um, you know, or, or maybe as ignorant as I was to, how many people are possibly affected by such a, a reality? Um, you know how many baby boomers are there in the market right baby boomers the largest living adult population until 2019 um they they compr- compromise compromise comprise rather comprise 69.6 million people aged 58 to 76 there's got to be people in that group of people 58 to 76 that have physical disabilities right that's a lot of people and it's growing on a daily basis the amount of them that have health problems to care for Moving to the next category. How many disabled people are there in the US? Um, In the US alone, there's 42.5 million Americans with disabilities. That's a lot of people who need physical help. Um, Now, if we go to the worldwide, we are very blessed in this country to have access to all sorts of medical care. This blew my mind. Disabled people in the world, 1.3 billion people. That's one in six of us um, or a little bit, it could be one in seven, but one that's a lot probably, of people. Yeah. That's a ton of people who need assistance and need, who need and would benefit tremendously from help like this. And as her pointed out, in addition to the loved ones who are caring for them, um, and, and not able to work as much, um, in order to properly care for them, that's, that's staggering. That's heartbreaking.
1: Yeah. So, You know, when I started my journey initially, I wanted to do something with for the disability community, because my experience started with brain computer interface that I was working with the severely paralyzed person, which allowed him this technology allowed him to propel his wheelchair through his thoughts. Mm. And before my encounter with him, I was working on this because it was a cool project, right. (laughs) Uh, But when I saw what this newly achieved independence made him feel like, that Mm -hmm. was a game changer for me. You know, at that time I said, this is what I wanna do for the rest of my life. I wanna start a company, build robotic technologies to impact people's lives in this way and allow them to have a better quality of life. And that's when I, I started seeing the overwhelming amount of people that, that don't have access to the basic needs to prevent them from injuring their, themselves further. And when I started this, it was like mid 2020, I didn't know what product to go to market with. So I was doing a lot of customer discovery, a lot of uh, meetings with, um, with, with people impacted in one way or another by, by, by limited mobility, right? And when I heard that over 1 billion people around the world has some type of disability that impacts their mobility, I was, I thought to myself, why hasn't someone done something about this before? And a lot of them don't have access to the assistive technology that they need. Uh, as, as you said, here in the United States, it m- might be easier, although my research shows that it's not that easy. It's actually the process is really complicated and tedious. And when we put people through that process, they kind of lose the will to live, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The one person I, I met in an independent living facility was complaining about just the process to acquire a new walker just a walker for the medical or the insurance to approve that walker, which is not that expensive anyways. Right. Right. To approve, to approve him, to get his walker, it takes anywhere between six to nine months oh my to get gosh. approval. I was like, this person might fall, break a hip during that time, three times, probably, you know, Yeah. So what's good. What, what is the value that you're adding? To this individual if your process takes six to nine months to approve uh, a gadget that is a walker that really makes a big difference in his life what, what's the value you're adding practically is zero it's four pipes for crying yeah, out loud you know exactly. like it's four pieces of metal and you're done yeah yeah absolutely wow. so you know i was very shocked during the customer discovery stage of my entrepreneurial journey. I was very shocked to hear some of these people speak. And because you know, one good thing we did, and this is the thing I'm proud of the most is we built, we built a community around the company. Now I have people who are rooting for my success. And this wouldn't have happened if I sat behind a computer just researching market data, right? I took time to understand, to know about and to learn from the individuals living in these situations, their pain points, their challenges, what they would like to have, and how impactful a certain gadget or a certain process is to them, and through that, those yeah. activities—you know—the book that I started was that, the podcast "Mobility and Inclusion" that we see uh, here on the on the yeah. screen—it was all in an effort to really understand the people. That's what allowed me to find this product that's what allowed me to gather a community around the company that gave me overwhelming positive feedback and really the source of my motivation yeah because t- to tell you the truth as an entrepreneur and especially in robotics mm-hmm. i don't know everything i'm a roboticist mm-hmm. but i don't know everything uh, and it's very scary for me to be on this journey but the overwhelming amount of feedback that we're uh, that positive feedback that we're getting from from various individuals, even doctors, even assistant mm-hmm. living CEOs that are telling us that how impactful and valuable this would be. This person is a blind person, for example. I'm testing the prototype with him on the screen that we're seeing. I've even tested it with the blind, blind people. And his name is Dan Hodges. He's an advocate for, he's also a lawyer, by the way. Uh, He's an advocate for people with disabilities as well. And when I I met with him, I was doing my podcast here. I never thought that I could serve a blind person with this product. But Mm. he was able to tell me the different ways that the blind people could use this product. That blew my mind. So it kind of expanded my view with 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 this robot right uh initially yeah. i had a very narrow vision of what this product could do and for who when wow. i started going out and meeting meeting with these people then the you know the capabilities really expanded now the challenge is as a, as an early stage startup where to focus on that we can deliver the most feedback with so that's I the challenge that. right now and that's what that's what we're doing
0: I think that's one of the keys. Uh, if uh, everybody is listening right now, I'd love for you to just close your eyes, okay? Close your eyes and go through this experience with me, where you're remembering one of your core achievements in life, one of the best things that you've ever done, and that feeling that you had. This is going to heal your soul too and bring some happiness to you. But think about it; it could be the moment that you walked across the stage, graduating high school or graduating college. Um, you know that that special achievement. Wow! It could be the time that you, it could be when you threw that that graduation cap up in the air. It could be uh, when your child took their first steps. Um, You probably don't remember when you took your own first steps, Um, but your child taking those first steps and you see that look on your baby's face and they're just elated and like, oh my gosh, I just did that. And you as a parent, you're cheering and clapping and capturing every moment of that. Uh, That to me is what magnified times 100. When you take somebody who has been incapacitated, they have not been able to move on their own um, for who knows how long, decades, um, years. Maybe they had it taken away from them. Maybe they've never had the opportunity to do so. And th- that's what I'm imagining with, with Harut sitting in front of this gentleman who was able to move with his thoughts. Can you just... <laughs> can can you comprehend the amount of joy and satisfaction you would feel like finally I'm able to do this. And you're able to provide that to potentially 1 billion people in the future. Thanks to the groundwork that you're laying right now. And I, I know you like any inventor Harut want to see that number bam, disappear like that. You know, it would be so cool if we could just get grace into every single one of those lives right now. And I have a feeling that you're just, you're driving yourself uh, as far and as fast as you can in order to make that happen sooner than later. Um, You mentioned this, this blind gentleman. um, And remind me of his name. Was it Dan?
1: Dan, Dan, Dan Hodges. Yeah.
0: Oh, you start bringing that up. I started thinking about those. There's things that I take for granted in life. Um, I've seen, I think Apple sells this device where you can like attach these stickers to your keys. Um, or to other things that are important to you that you constantly lose, you know, like, like your wallet and things like Mm -hmm. that. And, you know, if I put my wallet down, I'm going to find it. Like, it's not going to be that hard for me to find, Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm not blind.
1: Yeah.
0: And so then I might, if that wallet falls uh, out of my pocket, you know, down a set of stairs, for instance, or something like that, like there's a lot of use cases, a lot of interesting scenarios where, you know, you know, I've been there. I've tried to find something that I couldn't find in the dark and like, that technology combined with grace would make it so easy for an assistant to to help somebody who literally just does not have the capabilities that we do. Yeah. and and, solve such simple problems.
1: You know, the the, the thing about taking things for granted is uh, resonates a lot with me because in my journey, when I say, initially when I used to say to people that in the early stages of the prototype, the prototype just picks things, picks items from the ground or from the table and relocates them to different places or brings them to you. Right. Um, And they Mm -hmm. said, people said, so how difficult is that? You know, why can't someone else do it for the person who can't, you know, okay. What if someone else is not there or why that someone else needs to be bothered by that? uh, When that someone else is already doing so much and they're already exhausted. Yeah. You know, for caring for this individual, um, so taking things for granted, and people who are not in situations where they ca- they're caring for someone or they have they they have someone in their lives who needs care, they don't understand it. But that's why we need awareness. That's why we need to uh, talk about this more often, so we spread that awareness and people understand how the one in seven people live today, right? Yes.
0: Hi, so, May. Feel free to keep showing that video in the background too. Um, just just looping it for those who are coming in um, and they can see it. It'll, it'll also remind me of, of practical use cases that are absolutely worth discussing. Um, one of the one of the elements that came up on there was uh, the robots opening the door, picking yeah. up a package, um, you mm-hmm. know, bringing it in the house. Um, yeah. Grace, as a robot, what's the uh, what do you think the weight limit capacity will be for what they're capable of lifting? Um,
1: so sure. we're targeting for 10 pounds right now. We just don't yeah. know if that's uh, 10 pounds per arm or 10 pounds, both arms. Um, mm-hmm. We're still the, because because the more capabilities you add to the robot, the more expensive the robot will get. Sure. And uh, hand dexterity for robots is still not to a, to a point where we can move it as, our, as we move and we have the autonomy with our fingers and our hands, right? Right. Um, so that's still a challenge to... Um, that, that we need to think about, but how close are robots to uh, being able to twirl
0: their their pen? Oh, that's oh, that's easy instance. to do. Oh, <laughs> they got that down. Oh yeah, yeah, that's easy all to right. do.
1: Yeah, because that's <laughs> so, you know, it's it's all physical. It is, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but but we can do a lot today. A lot of simple tasks can be done today with relatively simple end effectors. And when I say end effectors, that's the grasping, the the hand basically of the robot. Uh-huh. Um, So we can do a lot today with just what we have and we can help a lot of people in the in the process. So we don't need to have that, you know, the five fingers and the palm to to help a lot of people. We can just have that two gripping aspects and use it use it effectively to our to our advantage.
0: Nice. Awesome. Um, And so the as far as uh, grace goes, and, and having the next prototype done um, or the next model out, where where is Mark
1: Botic at right now? So right now, uh, the design that you the the design that you're seeing in front of you is mm-hmm. uh, what's the minimum viable product is going to look like. Um, we have developed, uh, not developed, I should say, we have designed it in CAD environment, so we're ready to build, and that's why we're looking for funding. We're ready to build, and we have our suppliers lined up. Uh, we have our sensor suppliers lined up. Uh, we even have, you know, third-party technologists wanting to use our platform to, you know, to implement their technology into, into Grace, which is, in my opinion, it'll be a great benefit to everyone. So we're offering, for example, facial recognition capabilities with grace. And that's by partnering with a third party technologist, a third party company that does facial recognition technology yeah. uh, through a, a, through artificial intelligence. So if we have that again, in assisted living facilities, that's just amazing. And of course, we have identified other sectors that can benefit from this robot as well. But sure. right now we're focusing on helping people in like the elderly and people with disabilities, specifically people with mobility challenges.
0: Okay, and how much are you guys raising currently? We're raising $2 million, uh,
1: which for a project like this is not... That's very uh, small. Yeah, it's <laughs> very small. And But that $2 million will allow us to build several prototypes and uh, pilot test. Right? right. Uh, and once we pilot test, we can fine-tune it, and then we can start mass producing. We can raise more funds and start mass producing.
0: Right, that tells me y'all are being uh, responsible with the funds. Um, and that's well, that's in, this, in,
1: this, in this economy, we have to because uh, the investors that are going to invest in this need to understand that this is not a short term game. Right. Uh, the, the returns are going to be probably three to five years away. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, it's, a, it's, a, it's, It's a robotic technology, it's hardware, software combined with artificial intelligence. So it's going to take us probably eight to 12 months to develop the initial MVP and then do uh, run pilot tests and then get uh, POs and then develop for to fulfill the POs. So at least three years from the the day we start uh, building the robot potentially five years till you see the first uh, invest, uh, return on investment. Sure. No, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you've you've
0: got so much uh, that you're going to want to reiterate and learn from and and yeah. build out. Um, and if the focus is on the user experience, um, yeah. you know, the, the difference that you're making and I mean, it should be focused on that and not solely on the return. Of course, um, you know, you want to honor your investors, but I, I would hope that the investors understand that the opportunity is the amazing gift that they're giving, um, yeah. you know, as well to those who, especially if you guys um, go about the the process of kind of a crowdfunding um, as well. And I've noticed that on your website you have the ability for people to donate, um, yeah. and so in that case, if you're donating to this project, you're investing in humanity as a whole um, yeah. and Harut's ability to be able to bless the bless humanity with this type of invention that. Um, I just I don't see too many other options out there. Um, Let's talk about that, though, if you don't mind, Harut. Are there um, other technologies that exist that are that are that are accomplishing a similar capacity that um, that you also have great hope in?
1: Um, There are there are several companies, uh, three in particular that are doing somewhat similar things. Um, They're focusing on nursing burnout in hospitals. And that's a that's a real thing. And I think that industry needs uh, needs support as well. But the so that's, you know, that's one company. Another company, uh, again, similar. So one is Diligent Robotics. The other one is uh, AO from AOLIS. I think that's a Korean or Japanese company. I'm not sure. And then there we have Labrador Systems uh, that, you know, that has limited capability uh, compared to compared to to us. How we're differentiating ourselves is, well, before I say that, the market is so big that that everyone can play in and make an impact and still make money. You know, if we're thinking about the return on investment for investors, the market is huge and it's going to get bigger. There's no doubt about it. Uh, You know, today, the the longevity market, which is defined as the services rendered for people over the age of 65. Is seven trillion dollars expected to be thirteen trillion by twenty thirty by early twenty thirty? That makes I mean, sense. So that's a that's a huge market. So me myself, Mark botics by, uh, by 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 ourselves, we're not going to be able to close the gap effect or or as fast as we would want to. Just impossible. That's why the more people there is to address this need you know there's room for everyone to play in right there's, there's that's a- why
0: the win-win-win matters exactly. so much you know you're exactly. in a blue ocean um yeah. and the, the challenge of being in a blue ocean also root is that there's nobody on the beach yet yeah. you know you 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 yeah. need more eyes on it uh more interest the opportunity for companies like diligent robotics and yourselves to uh strategically partner um mm-hmm. to drive awareness for what what exists is phenomenal and I was just watching uh the rocky series last month i decided to, to check it out i actually had never seen it um really? <laughs> so, i'm a young guy man um so i think i'd seen one but in the uh, movie two or three he gets an in-home robot right to, yeah. to do all sorts of stuff um, for them and again these are people who don't have disabilities right so there's lots of people out there who would love to have access to a grace, regardless of whether they have disabilities or not. The market is massive. Um, So, yeah, the potential for this taking off, um, I I wouldn't worry about that at all. But the ability to attract investors that may want to diversify their portfolio in robotics, um, you know, I I could see uh, wise investors saying, you know what, I'm going to invest a third of this here, a third of this here and a third of this here um, and And see them all take off.
1: And as I said, the market is there, you know, it's really a no brainer. It's only getting bigger and it's going to get bigger till 2050. Um, now, speaking to other, you, you don't have to be a person with limited mobility to use this product. If you go to my YouTube channel, there's a video that I tested the robot with when we had our, our daughter and my wife was mm-hmm. going to feed my my daughter and she dropped her bib. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, and she was going to bend over with the baby in her arm and try to get it. And I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. Just go sit. You know, I'll bring it to you. <laughs> so, so I have the robot pick up the bib and bring mm-hmm. it to her. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, these are things that you take for granted. But yeah. what if what if something happens and 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 God forbid, you know, she fought, she fell or or or. I don't know. She imagine had, having or, twins. Yeah, or twins. And actually, <laughs> you up. know, she pulled the back muscle or whatever, right? Ooh, why? T- do, why? Why does that need to happen when there's there's a solution for that? So yeah. it's it's we can use it for a lot of things. And as I said, the market is there, the need is there, and it's it's just gonna get bigger.
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And uh, Jeff Hoffman's role. Uh, tell us a little bit about Jeff.
1: Oh, man, Jeff, it's an interesting encounter. So um, I was at a networking event and Jeff was one of the keynote speakers there. And at the time I was looking for a mentor because, you know, I come from a long career. Well, I mean, relatively long, 15 years spent in the aerospace and defense industry Mm -hmm. and transitioning into entrepreneurship. I knew nothing about entrepreneurship. I don't even know what the word meant until, you know few months ago before that event right uh, so I was at that at this networking event and I was hearing him speak and he was talking about everything that I was going through or will be going through uh, in the future and I said to myself you know this is the guy I want to talk to because he was in my shoes 30 years ago mm-hmm. you know yeah and uh, and Jeff was a CEO since his mid20s I think. Right. Uh, so he was an entrepreneur all his life. So who better to get feedback from or or be a mentor to me than than Jeff Hoffman? So he but I had no no way to meet him. I didn't know him. He he didn't know me. I didn't even know what PriceLine was. You know, <laughs> uh, because I'm an immigrant. I never used PriceLine. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he was one of the founders of priceline and ubit.com and booking.com and he was a grammy award winner for a jazz album i'm like this guy was the real deal uh, he's uh uh his first invention was a self-checking kiosks at the airport so mm-hmm. think about that man So that this guy did everything and he started from ground zero he had nothing he doesn't come from money um yeah. so and that's that's really me, right? I don't come from money. i I, I have all these visions, and i I want to do this. i I see the market need, I see the potential. and I want someone to mentor me and in in doing that. and i I encourage everyone to have a mentor because that mentor will accelerate your path, right? absolutely uh, it's It's an acceleration to your journey. So after his keynote speech, they auctioned him. so there were there were a few mm-hmm. charities there. At uh, at the event, and they said, "Hey, if you donate to one of these charities, you'll get an hour of time with Jeff Hoffman." And I'm like, "This is it, man! This is the opportunity, you <laughs> know." So and I did I didn't care. I, and mind you, I'm not in the best financial situation—not now, not at that time. No. And um, and I said, "There are some things that are not that are not valued with how much money you have, right?" Yeah. Uh, so I just bid on it and. It was a live bid, so it's like you know i knew every what everyone was bidding and i just overbid everybody because i didn't care how much it costed i just want time with him yeah and i won the bid and long story short that one hour meeting turned to a four-hour lunch it turned to into doing a mastermind together which was we are still doing together Mm -hmm. and anybody who you know knows jeff understands what he went through and the value that he can bring is a no-brainer for them to come to this mastermind um and yeah and then i asked him to be my co-founder initially i asked him to be my founder because you know even then when you're asking people initially i was thinking about you know having him invest right but then i thought okay what would what would i want him to do do i want him to invest a certain amount of money Mm -hmm. and then you know, not be involved in the company and not share all the knowledge. Right. right. Uh, or do I want his knowledge forever? Right. right. And I wanted his knowledge forever. I wanted, yeah. I wanted this friendship, his knowledge, his mentorship. So I, I didn't ask him, I didn't ask him for money. I never asked him for money till, the, till today. I asked him to be an advisor. Then, Literally a month later, I'm like, "Look, since you're already an advisor, why don't you become my co-founder?" Right? So, uh-huh. and and that's 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 how it happened. You know, we we wow. started knowing each other on a human level, without the outside of business, outside of, you know, because mind you, I'm talking to to a man who was who's done anything and everything under the sun, pretty much knows everybody. And the pro- probably the only thing that he's looking for is is, is true friends. I, and I don't know that for a fact, but that at least that's what I could offer him. I couldn't offer him money. I couldn't offer him equity of value because the company were, was worth nothing at the time, right. right? So all I could offer him was my true self, was my real friendship, and that's that's how it kind of escalated from there. Mm-hmm. And today, you know. We're just brothers. I mean, I there's there's no hidden agenda. He tells me when I when I when I'm wrong about something, he like straight up tells me, um, he asks for my opinion sometimes, which I mean, for someone like him to ask an opinion of, of, out of me, it's like, man, you know, I, I really like this guy because it's just it's surreal to say the least.
0: Yeah, man. Well, your your humility. Your confidence, uh, your leadership, Harut, has been a phenomenal blessing to those who are listening in. Um, there's a lot of lot of powerful lessons that everybody can gain out of this experience. Whether it's uh, doing everything that you can to attract that mentor um, yeah. who can mean the most to you, um, and then of course honoring them um, with the different types of decisions that you made um, along the way to securing your true relationship with him, and whether it's friendship, family, belonging um whatever it is you know it is it's interesting to think about somebody who has has it all um you know from an outside perspective well what more could they want um you know phenomenal relationships with people who care um and who are going to stick around and stand the test of time like way to you know it it takes a certain amount of of living virtuously to figure that out um and uh so i'm i'm just incredibly honored uh to have you on the show visionaries who are listening in. um you know, the amount of notes, the amount of, of great takeaways you can have from this opportunity is fantastic. And if you have an opportunity to donate and give back to what Mark Botics is doing, um, you know, and and contribute towards the process of helping with the disabled. What this movement reminds me of is the opportunity with computers in the 90s, um, you know, where, yeah, the, you know, Microsoft and Apple, we all knew that eventually the world. Um, would have computers in every room. There was a point where we all knew that was going to happen. I think everybody's there with robotics right now. We know that it's eventually going to happen. People are going to get the help that they need. But just remember that 1.3 billion people, that changes every day. They're not the same people. The people who are there today are not going to get the help if we do not take action now. Um, it's not something that we want people in the future to solve. It's something that we can, we can determine that right now is the moment, or we're going to make that happen. And Harut is here waving the flag saying, guys, I'm, I'm ready to lead this path. Um, so please do everything that you can to support this company, whether that means sharing this episode and getting it out there, finding that YouTube link, sharing it with moms and dads out there who can who can connect with with that experience if you know somebody who's blind sharing the story of dan um you know really it's it's about it's about empathizing with this process and there's something that caught your heart and mind, will give it a shot share it with people um and then as a visionary yourself take some of these lessons apply them to your life go affect go go attract the mentors who are going to be in your corner to help you and haru thank you so much for honoring us with your time today we appreciate you being here
1: it's an honor. It's it's an honor to be here, Jackson. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you.
0: Absolutely. Vision Pros, everybody have a phenomenal weekend, and we will see you next week. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an